episode 264 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs, sometimes a lot. I'm Kay Bradley. And today we are joined by a very special guest, longtime friend of the show, Billy F. He DJs as Ada Van Halen. He's a member of the rap group Ragers. And of course, since this episode is part of our Munch Madness food series, we got to tell you he's a chef. Woo! We're going to hear from Billy in a minute, but first we want to take a second to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So we want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. If you have been following the news recently, um, there is a whole lot of bullshit happening on the West Coast. Uh, because the government has decided that oil matters more than human rights. Uh, you can find a whole bunch of information about that in the uh, description of this episode. We've got a bunch of links that uh, Jeremiah put together a couple weeks ago. Stay informed. Go to protests and demonstrations when you can, if you can, if you're physically and mentally capable of it. And uh, yeah, just um, don't let this be something that gets swept under the rug, because mm-hmm. it is easy to sweep it under the rug and ignore it because that's what we've been doing for generations yep. and generations and it's bullshit and it has to stop. So Billy. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Of course. It's been a I'm little I'm surprised while. every time you guys invite me back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Funny enough, when, when we decided we were doing a food series, you were the very first person I was like, okay, we're getting Billy back. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we built it all from there, honestly amazing so um yeah we've never like really talked about your chef work like we've yeah. talked kind of like broadly about food you've told us about you know meeting various celebrities and lines <laughs> at airports orange wine orange wine yeah. um but you have been a chef and are a chef and have been doing that for yeah i mean like i don't i don't cook professionally anymore okay but um yeah that's what i was doing when when we first met and i did it up until you know, maybe two years ago, but food hasn't left my life since, you know, I just like stopped cooking it and started writing about it. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, like it's at, it's at the, the, I think it's probably like the most important thing about me. And I think it's like the thing that I am most maybe uh, universally known for, like even through my music, like my raps obviously talk about food a lot as well or, right you know, yeah, whenever yeah. i'm like <laughs> djing and i'm in another country everyone's like oh you i gotta take you to the sick restaurant so like <laughs> awesome it's something that people know about me and it's something that i spend you know every waking minute reading right. up about and yeah it's it's a big part of your your brand yeah yeah definitely does I, the, oh sorry no, no, go for it. does the title chef leave you if you're no longer professionally doing it well not if it's in your twitter handle uh, <laughs> well, well so I, that's <laughs> so the thing with the the le chef and billy f le chef uh is that it actually came before i actually started cooking okay and it was more uh you know in in french chef obviously means like the the chef de cuisine the person who takes care of the kitchen but it's also just like the chief sort of his yeah, of yeah. his tribe so i was just more billy f le chef because like right. 
I decided whatever we would do with my homies, and right. I was just like the chief of my tribe. Um, and then I, and also because I used to listen to this rapper called Oviedo Chef, I still listen to him. He's a very good rapper. Um, and so I looked up to him, and I looked up to this Quebec uh, celebrity chef called Bob Le Chef. Hmm. And so Billy F. Le Chef just made sense. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. I, um, so we're this comes out on the 17th but we're recording it on the 10th and um two or three days ago at the time of recording the second season of ugly delicious came out on netflix and uh i was thinking about it and the last time you were here you talked about dave chang yeah and uh that was i don't remember what i said about him but i I think it was positive (laughs) Um, but that was what made me go oh yeah i've been meaning to like watch ugly delicious and watch it and get super into it Mm -hmm. and uh i think that we wouldn't be doing this food series were it not for that and i think it's really fun that you're back right as season two of that came out yeah that's like uh yeah go watch that show if uh if you haven't seen it yet that's so good i was at first i was sad that season two was only four episodes but then you know it's because they released that sort of like secondary breakfast lunch and dinner thing which i didn't like as much but it was good I mean, like the the celebrity part of his shows have never really been what interested me. But then I also got to know a lot about like these celebrities who are not people that I like follow or anything. So I I didn't know much about them. And I was like, oh, okay. Like Chrissy Teigen is actually like pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was fun for me with that one was um, Seth Rogen's episode is all uh, Seth Rogen. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Is all set in Vancouver. And it's like street corners that are near where I grew up, right? Awesome. So they're going to all these places that I'm like, I didn't go to that place, but all the outdoor shots, I'm yeah. like, oh, I know that, I know that, I lived here. And it's, uh, it's kind of fun for me to get that sort of nostalgia from it. Um, so so what are you doing now food-wise? Because I know you said you're not like working as a chef specifically, but you are working in a restaurant. Yeah, so I mean, like my first love was food. And then <clears throat> when I was younger, I didn't drink. So, uh, and then at some point I realized that, you know, wine is actually where you make your money in a restaurant. (laughs) Sure. So I figured I should probably know a bit more about it to be able to like better cook stuff that goes well with wine. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just like really fell in love with wine. So, uh, right around the time we first met, Mm -hmm. you know, like nine years ago now, 10 years ago, um, (laughs) I started, uh, I started wine classes and uh i just loved it and right after that i went to work in france and so i got to learn even more about it and um that was right around the time that like natural wine was really starting to like become a big thing Mm -hmm. in europe um so i got to learn about that you know not first but like before most of my friends and, and most of my peers in the restaurant industry in montreal so um that really just sort of like became my thing. So that's what I do now. I'm, I'm back to, to, well, I'm back. I'm doing it for the first time because no one wanted sommeliers back then. Right. Um, <laughs> so now I'm, uh, I'm a sommelier at a Sweet. little wine bar in the old port called Fidemont. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I, I would like to know how food appears in your rap. Like, is it connected to emotion <laughs> that you're sharing? Is it connected to context? How does it work? I mean, it's... Uh, Huh. It comes up in a number of different ways just because, like, my um, when I had first started building the the character of Billy F. Lechef as a rapper, uh-huh. um, the idea was that he would be sort of like a he would essentially deal like contraband 
uh, luxury ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> and so that never, you know, even though like the, the, I think that the way I rap now has a lot more to do with like who I am in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm still constantly talking about food and it's just like, it's my point of reference for absolutely everything. Cause it's like the one thing, well, I guess there's a number of things like that, but it's like one of the things where like, you can ask me pretty much any question and I will mm-hmm. be able to like, give you an answer that that you'll like right right right. yeah because like my husband everything whenever i have an issue with anything he always manages to give me a hockey reference Hmm. (laughs) let's like relate this back to sports so yeah so it's interesting they're like well actually if you were to mix these two ingredients your love relationship would be better (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's it's sort of like every rapper sort of has that thing that they keep going back to yeah you know i mean like Mm -hmm. for Migos, that's in, I mean, I guess for raps in general, it's like a lot of sports references mm-hmm. or drug references. Yeah. So for me, that's that's wine and food. Right. Oh, I love it. That's yeah, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, it makes sense, right? Like anything that you get really nerdy about and like are passionate about is going to find its way into everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I like that. Um, when you're like, so, so as a sommelier, Mm-hmm. what's been like the biggest surprise for you about working like with wine in a professional context? Mostly that my tastes weren't universal. Mm. Mm. Um, that was, and I mean, that taught me a lot about my cooking as well. And, and um, you know, I realized that I like very weird things you know, <laughs> when it comes to food, when it comes to wine, when it comes to music Um and that there's just people who do it for different reasons, you know, like I've I've been in, um, in environments where like people drink wine for sport, essentially, like mm. really rich, old white assholes <laughs> right. who drink a $10,000 bottle of wine on like a Wednesday night just because they can. Right. right. Yeah. And then there's, you know, people who do it like me more for the, um, the history side of it, mm. you know, for me wine tells like a very deep story of of the place where it was grown and and you know who made it and how they made it Mm -hmm. and that's that's why i drink so the fact that not everyone has the same taste not everyone drinks for the same reasons that i do was like uh was a big shock right yeah that makes sense is there something you can like have you started to be able to figure things out about people based on the wine they prefer Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot like food, you know, and now I've gotten to the to the point where I'm better able to build a a list um, or or at least like I'm able to come up to a table and sort of like perfectly tailor the food menu and the wine pairings for them because um, and just like off like their accent uh, the right. way that they decide to sit down, just, uh, whether or not they waited at the door for someone to come sit them down or whether they just like kick the door open and put <laughs> their feet on the chair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that tells you a lot about like, you know, their background, about their budget, too, because that's also a, a big thing that you have to be able to to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was so you're like that, a food mentalist. Yeah, you're like picking up all the different <laughs> and like cues. people always feel bad, you know. Like I always have everyone taste everything before they yeah before I pour them in glass. Which like I guess for wines by the glass, a lot of restaurants don't do that for some reason. Hmm. Um, and people are always surprised, and I'm like, and and they they 
sort of feel bad when they don't like what I serve them. But I'm like, no, like this is great. Now I'll have to like dig deeper and find the perfect wine for you for this situation. Yeah, it's a challenge, Uh, right? It it stops it from being sort of just a task and it turns it into like, you know, a fun thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like as corny as that sounds like you're really selling an experience. And it's something that I understood like as a cook, um, but actually like, being on the floor and and having to like actually talk to people and like move things around um it's a whole other side that i didn't really think about that much yeah that's really cool so for a restaurant that has a sommelier like how does that work like i I assume you're not going to be talking to everybody going to eat there or like how how um at the place where i work i pretty much do okay um right because it's a wine bar yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like halfway between. It's, it's the weirdest place in the world, and I love it. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like a wine bar slash restaurant up until ten, and then it turns into a club, and it's a complete chaos. <laughs> so it's like it, it's very much me, you know. Like yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense for me. Right. Um, and it's just like a place where you know, as much as like there's you know rich tourist assholes because we're in the old port who just like come and chug vodka sodas there's also people sitting down having like great natural wine and awesome that's uh you know that's something i I really appreciate about about my job wow so many variables (laughs) that keeps it that keeps the mind rolling that's nice i love that i uh yeah i i think there's something really do you feel like you are like becoming a better person like in terms of like interpersonal things by doing this kind of work uh yeah definitely well you know as, as you know i've had a very weird year <laughs> um so i i think i'm becoming a better person in general and i think that i maybe just get to apply it um in a more concrete everyday way at work right um but there's also things that, like, I have zero patience for anymore. <laughs> like, people who just sit down at the restaurant and, and don't ask to be seated. And, like, I never right. notice them there. And then they get mad. And right. it's like, well, Ugh. who sat you down? Because it wasn't me. Right. So yeah. I would have served you already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so just little things like that uh, still piss me off very much. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, if ever I open my own restaurant, that's the kind of person I will kick out. Sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's such an entitlement to like just assuming you can just walk in and, and sit down in a place, you know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, if it's like a fast food joint and you like go to the counter and then go sit, yeah. that's a different story. Oh, I mean, like also if you go sit at the bar, right. sure. Like whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't need to talk to me. But like, you know, you don't know if I have a section that's reserved or, right. you know, so it just makes everything easier. Yeah. yeah. Any place where you're like being waited on. Mm-hmm. You should not assume that any table is up for grabs. That's that's yeah. wild. God, I would hate that. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it's, it's like, because you're talking about, like, the growth through the job and stuff, like, because mm-hmm. something that's really loud in my mind and has been for a few years now, just, like, through my own growth of it all comes down to people being considerate or inconsiderate mm-hmm. of other people. So, like, you saying, oh, it was a surprise to me that people didn't 
like the things I liked. I had that same moment in, in terms of art when my husband didn't like things that I was like, yeah. that's gorgeous. Why would you not like that? And it's just like, oh, personal preference is a thing. Right. Um, so then you, you learn to consider other people in that. And then these fuckers who come in and just like, they're only considering their needs. And that's like, I find it perfectly acceptable for you to still be pissed off by that <laughs> kind of stuff. Cause it's like, you're not considering the space you just entered, the people in it. You just want your fucking stuff. And right. it's yeah. like, and like uh, that's something I knew about music and to some extent something that I knew about food but with wine especially when I started out because you know you're kind of taught these things where like um, you know it's the best and that's why it's so expensive and mm-hmm. it's the best because in you know this or that and people sort of like get trapped in in drinking the same thing all the time because mm-hmm. they're like well this is clearly the best it's Italian and it costs you know $500 yeah. a bottle right. Um <laughs> But then there's people like that who I'm like, wait, try this like $20 bottle. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Right. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 My, my dad is a big wine guy and I've always hated his approach to it because it felt <laughs> more of like, oh, but this is, the, it's, it, this is considered really good rather yeah. than like what's actually in yeah. the bottle. and. Right. And I mean, there are these absolutes in wine as well. You mm. know, when you look at a wine like Domaine de la Romanée Conti, which is like the most expensive bottle of wine you can buy, mm. like the the work that they do behind in the vineyard is also insane. You know, like not only do they have this very small plot that you know has been passed down for like like a thousand years Whoa, or whatever right. and that you know at first it was like monks in the vines like and they really especially in burgundy like found out exactly where like to the to the centimeter like mm. where the sun doesn't hit as well so like this is the perfect wow. plot of land wow. and so they have that and they they don't mess with it they right. don't use any nasty chemicals and they just like crush grapes and put them in a bottle and like hope for the best (laughs) (laughs) and that's what makes it so exceptional you know it's that like every single time you're drinking wine that tells a story yeah and what makes it so expensive is not just the fact that they don't make that much of it but it's Mm. that like everyone wants a piece of history you know like if we cut up if we cut up a Picasso into like a thousand small pieces, right. you would still find a thousand buyers yeah. who would be ready to say like they have that. And so you get to do that with, you know, huh. history with, with, with a wine like Domaine de la Romaine Conti. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting because my, my, I may have told this story before and possibly to you that when uh, my parents uh, got divorced, one of the things my dad did, which was so stupid, was to buy three bottles of wine that were each from our me and my brother's birth dates mm. and give those to my mom and say, take care of those. They're for the kids to, <laughs> to drink later, you know? And it's like my mom didn't know how to store yeah. them or how to take care of oh, them. Or no, right. There was no history behind this bottle other than like you're – your birth date is is on this bottle so there was also the like he'd been fighting for al- to give pay less alimony and it's like and you're giving us expensive bottles of wine what is this <laughs> bullshit all this to go back to if i had if he had presented it in a more like this wine comes from this place and mm-hmm. like this is this is the value of this wine beyond here's an expensive bottle of wine mm-hmm. to you know like just show off like oh you have something expensive it would have been so much easier for me to appreciate 
that. Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. I ended up, um, I can't remember. I think, I think it was Saint, Saint Emilion, 1982. Oh my and, God. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up, because uh, uh, we weren't storing them properly and there, there was like a bunch of sediment in the bottom and mm. I didn't really know what to do with it. And I went to the SLQ and they kind of said like, that's probably not good anymore or something like that. Oh my God. Seeing your face, yeah. My dad was <laughs> thoroughly pissed off when I emptied yeah. that bottle. But it's, there was so much anger, personal anger towards like him giving us that bottle. I was right. like, I don't even care if it's still good. Yeah. Fuck you, right. you know? I mean, it, it all, but also like the notion that you can keep wine for so long. Like mm. people always thought, you know, that exactly like wines that were very expensive were the only ones that could survive time. But like right. we know that that's not true. Right. You know, like I have drank... Um, I have drank a port. Uh, no, it was. I think it was a mascara. Uh, I think you're supposed to put that on your eyes, not drink it. No, it's also <laughs> well done, Tom. Um, <laughs> it was a 1789. You know, shit. Like, wow. Obviously, it wasn't always perfectly stored. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but it was still like one of the most delicious things I've ever wow. tasted in my life. Wow, that's so amazing. I fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially yeah. like <laughs> older wines. I, like I think that you know maybe some of the wines between, let's say like 1960 and 2000 might be. I'm I'm not sure how they'll progress. Honestly, like right. I, I've obviously had some like recently and they tasted fine. But I'm I don't know if they'll last 150 years like pre 1950 wines can. Interesting. Um, mostly because we had to change a lot of the grapes in Europe um, mm. in the 1940s because there was a there was a nasty little bacteria that like completely oh. wiped out uh, oh. the vines of Europe, and so we had to replant a lot of those with um, North American vines because okay. they were resistant to that bacteria. That's okay. going to so change a lot. The, the, yeah. yeah, like the wines have changed a lot, wow. and also, you know, like after the war Monsanto and all these you know big companies that made poison were like oh yeah just use that in your your vineyard that'll be fine (laughs) right right. um so wow that's wild I uh I gotta say like my my go-to bottle of wine I I don't drink a lot because I have a drinking problem so I avoid alcohol Mm -hmm. most of the time but I will have a glass of wine here and there with dinner especially if it's a special occasion my like go-to the only one that I buy to bring to the house at any point is um this tuscan wine called villa antinori it's like i think it's like 23 24 bucks for a bottle it's really nice it's a nice red wine i i love it tastes real good i have never had a bad experience with it uh and the one time that i went out for a nice dinner and saw it on a menu i was like this is such a beautiful like it, it felt like it felt validating to me yeah. yeah and they didn't have it in stock that night so they brought me something else that Aww. was also good and it was yeah but it was uh it was one of those moments where i had never i think that was the, the first time i ever actually like interacted with like a sommelier at a restaurant and was like mm-hmm. can you you know bring me something that will be good for me knowing that you know that I like this one that you don't have yeah, yeah. and like it was good he he managed <laughs> <laughs> that's good I mean, the thing with sommeliers is um I think you know they're coming back because I think more chefs are you know when cocktails became really big I think that like sommeliers kind of mm. you know took the back seat yeah but now that 
especially with natural wine with like you know organic food and mm-hmm. and eco-conscious chefs i think that they're coming back um even though they don't need to because like especially if you look at a city like montreal um it pretty much like any cool restaurant you go to like the average waitress will know so much about mm-hmm. wine right that she doesn't really need a psalm so the psalm okay, you know right. is there to like have her taste and like pass down the, that knowledge to her right. but uh, uh, sommelier's work is mostly like um in tailoring an experience right and and trying to tell a story coordinating with the chef and and trying to tell a story as uh, trying to tell a story with the wine list and also just like know what to buy and when and how long to age it for mm. and yeah are there like like forums and subreddits and stuff that hell yeah that you're like plugged into for this uh Hmm. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> different on, question well, is so yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah. Not on Reddit. My my education sort of like happens elsewhere. Okay. But everyone yeah. has like different outlets to find out about it. Um, I use Instagram cool. a lot, um, mostly to know what people are drinking mm. at what restaurants where. Mm. Um, okay. I like. I really like seeing food as like a sport. Um, okay. So. You know, the same way that, like, your husband would know, like, everything about the NHL. Like, I'll be like yeah. that about, like, food. So, What's you know, in elsewhere. Paris, like, I'll know if someone gets traded to another restaurant and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so that's, that's I use Instagram for that. And right. then, um, you know, there's this great author called Alice Firing, who was really, like, the leader of the natural wine movement um, in North America. And so she has a newsletter um where you know she profiles new winemakers uh gives her opinion on whatever she tasted that month and so you get to like keep up with a lot of this stuff cool yeah awesome is is it possible to get the sommelier experience and a nice meal without spending like an arm and a leg yeah definitely i think i think it's (laughs) because i'm I'm, now i'm like because i've always heard about like pairing like okay well white wine Mm -hmm. goes well with this but i've like i'm the more you talk about it, the more I'm excited about the the, the like spe- the specificity of the pairing, rather than just like, a white goes with this meat, you know, like mm-hmm. very like what is in this meal, what is what is coming from it, and what is in this the story of the wine and pair. Like it must be because our perspective is so manipulated by the information that we yeah. receive. Mm-hmm. So um, like as, as silly as like a red cup, you'll taste your tea is more fruity if it's red because your brain is like associating it with. It. So like having all that story stuff must make the bite so fucking intense yeah hmm. i'm getting excited sorry yeah, yeah i mean like that's that's what i hope to be able to achieve one day you know to have a place where um where like you can trace everything back to mm-hmm. its root you know like if i'm serving you a vegetable and you ask me who grew it i want to be able to tell you yeah right um it's like that that portlandia sketch but in real life yeah, there's. Uh, I think it's like the first episode. Even yeah. they go to a restaurant and they're like, "Oh, like where's this chicken from?" And like they have to do all the research and they go to the farm to see it before they order it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it's like because that can totally fit into the like the sort of pretentious like, "Oh, I'll only have this if it's from this or right. whatever." But like beyond that, just the knowledge of it, like not like this is my standard and you must meet it. Like yeah. I want to know what mm-hmm. you're serving me. 
Yeah. Well, it, it also like it gives you an emotional attachment to it that you mm. like because I feel like it's easy with food for it to just be like a physical thing, right? Where you're like, that smells good. That looks good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it yeah. in my mouth. That tastes good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But if you know about it, it also kind of like. I don't know. It, it You'll feeds appreciate your it soul. More. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just because, like, then you notice every detail, mm. you know. Um, when I was in, in Korea, like, I got to see how so many of my favorite foods are, like, actually made. And, like, mm. seeing the process of how kimchi is made. Like, I've made kimchi. Right. Like, a lot in my life. <laughs> but, you know, never the way they do it. And, you know, they do it the real way. So I've just been fucking up my life. <laughs> and, like, you know... Like getting to Korea and, and having my first bite of real kimchi was like a life changing experience because wow. like you notice every detail in it and it's it's a very um it's a food that has like a lot of of, of tension and electricity like you can feel that it's very much alive and right. and because it is kind of yeah 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 and that's that's what's great about food like I love. I, I'm like re. I'm, I'm starting to pay attention again to to the the tension and and the electricity that food has and like oh. how it vibrates and how it makes you feel. Oh. I love that. I love that so I love much. That so much. And I'm feeling immense guilt for all the Dominoes I've ordered in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, but like even you Dominoes. Honestly, like I love Dominoes. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> my girlfriend's like, "Oh, let's go to Elena or whatever," um, and I'm like. Or crack open a bottle of wine, order Domino's, and and that's just as good. You know, um, I think that eating according to your mood is also, like, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Um, important to be able to listen to what you want, you know? Yeah. It's a tricky thing, though, because of the, like, the want that is going to fuel negative... Like, sugar doesn't do well with my brain, but Mm -hmm. when when I'm down... I want sugar. So then right. it's like, how do you navigate that of like, I know this is going to fuck me up, but I really need this right now or something like that. Or just knowing that a salad will like, whoop, will perk me yeah. up and trying to, and trying to balance like, how can I affect my mood through the food that I eat whilst being very aware of how different foods affect my mood mm. and, and feed yeah. different parts of me. Yeah. Like ever since I've been working from home, uh, I just like forget to eat sometimes. Cause sure, like yeah, yeah. as a cook, you know, you're constantly like tasting things, but you never sit down to actually have a meal. Right. When I was, you know, working at the office, I didn't really take the time to eat either. So now I'm like, man, why am I feeling this way? Oh fuck, right? Like I haven't right. eaten yeah. in 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I get craving, so I'm like, I'll order a bunch of Domino's or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now I'm also like, okay, well, you don't have a stable job anymore, so you have to you have to be careful with your spending. So I just started making a lot of things myself. Right. Uh, you know, like I started making my own bread again and just like stuff like that, that, um, you know, one is good for you, you know how you made it, but also you want to eat it yeah. after, you know, yeah. like you don't want to waste this beautiful yeah. bread that you spent That's three true. days making. That's it. The saddest, three days. the saddest expired leftovers are the ones that you like spent time cooking. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Or spent a lot of money on. True. <laughs> like, I ordered this shit ton of food and now yeah. it's going to waste. Uh, well, you know what? We'll never go to waste. Oh, I love it. Our sponsors. Yay, Segway King. <laughs> Guys, this episode is brought to you in part by Chaos. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard us talk about Chaos. They're professional sound equipment, cinema grade cameras, event hosting, and more. But right now we want to tell you about a special new service they've 
just rolled out. I really need to change this copy. They rolled this out like a month ago. Making a note to myself here, putting it in bold in my Google Doc. For a limited time only, Chaos is offering radically reduced rates for their new social media services as part of a limited time promo offer to help them with some case studies. What does that mean? Basically, they want to publicly test out how effective their new social media packages are. Packages are. Hey, do you need some help, Tommy? You okay? I do. Kate, keep, keep tag going. in. It's Wait, early in the morning. But I'm I don't tired. know where it's, where it's happening. Oh, no. Where is it? I'll finish show this me, one. Show me on the, okay, finish that one. Basically, they Made want to test worse. out their new social media packages. So they're offering them at a discounted rate of, you ready for this? <gasps> 70 to 80% it's off. It's It's fucking nuts. That's a stupid discount. It's yeah. crazy. Um yeah, if you've been looking for a way to revamp your brand's social media presence, go to createchaos.com or hit them up on Instagram at createchaos to find out more. That's chaos with a K. <laughs> Kate, do you want to tell them about our other sponsor while I breathe and <laughs> yeah. recenter myself? Right, good. Whilst I try to not be distracted by that tiny, tiny fart noise in this track. Welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the Wait, show. Wait, no, we have another sponsor. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? This episode is also brought to you in part by Le Coin de Jouet in Angrignan Mall. Do you like kids' toys, puzzles, board games, figurines, craft, stuffed animals, and model cars? Or model cars. We're, this whole segment is fucked, Tom. These poor sponsors. How do we have sponsors? How about D&D books, cards, dice, and accessories? If you're into any of that stuff, which let's face it, you probably are because you're a human being with a heart and a soul, then head on down to Le Coin de Jouet in Angrignan Mall right away. Our listeners can get a 20% discount. Just tell them your favorite podcast sent you. The favorite podcast being us. Yeah. You can find them at 7077 Boulevard Newman in La Salle, Quebec, or Coin de Jouet on Instagram and Facebook. Is it... Now? now it's time for the cash corner. Welcome to the cash corner. We have this horror track now. <laughs> the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. We're only halfway through our Munch Madness food series right now, and we've already gotten a ton of new listeners out of it. Is that true? Or are you lying? For, for no, it's true. It's our awesome. numbers have been That's fucking awesome. crazy. That's thank you, it's listeners. Nice. If you're new here, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It's an easy-to-use crowdfunding platform that lets you donate money to help us make the show even better. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash upfordiscussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Gillian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, and Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access bonus, blah, blah, blah. You'll get early access to bonus content, little behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. Plus, if you give us at least $5 a month and you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. Today's featured Patreon question comes from Erica, who asks, how do you balance making the art you want to make with making the art that people actually want to pay for? And does that change based on the art form? Boom. 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 Sometimes these backing tracks are a real uh, a real experience, eh? Yeah. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that one that one made me anxious a little bit. Well, it was a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit creepy. That's why I went with the deeper voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is something that I've been struggling with for years, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, trying to be a creative person professionally. Um, I think <laughs> that the balance that I've found is that... Um, I do both. I just do both. I, yeah, I, I think you have to. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do this because I love it, and it's fun. And, and I do all the podcasts that I actually do, and I'm on because I, I like them. 
And I'm like, okay, this is what I want to be making, right? Which I think is the only reason to make things is you got to make the things you want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get paid to make the things other people want to make, mm. right? Where I'm like, okay, like I don't personally want to make, you know, X, Y, and Z shows, but like I know these people who are personally excited about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I do want to make you happy personally. Like mm-hmm. I, I, the thing that I want to make is you happy that you have accomplished a project that you've wanted to accomplish. So let me help you do that and you can pay me for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. If you can finance your own projects through helping others with their projects, it's yeah. fucking great. I well, think, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, finish, finish. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank what you. I was going to say is essentially that like through, um, it's been very hard for me to create art for personal reasons ever mm-hmm. since I got into the money-making art right. because mm-hmm. even if I'm at home on my couch drawing in my sketchbook, I'm like, could this be something I could sell? Is this something that, you know? <laughs> right. So that that like need for money and that, that knowledge that certain things can sell kind of warps your approach to your own creative mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. because it's hard to shut that like I could sell this you know right. like I yeah. I might want to take a fucking uh, clay molding class for fun mm-hmm. but then I'd be like oh but then I could make little lizards and sell them on Etsy and it's <laughs> right. just so trying to balance that how how much your need for money influences your own creative endeavors mm-hmm. is kind of difficult yeah it's hard to um I think especially when you are someone who like freelances at all right Mm -hmm. like whether you have a a full-time job and do freelance stuff on the side or a part-time job and do freelance stuff kind of trying to make that your job or or you've been successful at just doing only freelance stuff if you have ever lived in a freelance mentality at all it is really hard to have hobbies that you don't try to turn into work Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't know yeah well yeah that's just uh, that's what i was gonna say um I was talking about that with with my girlfriend this week because she has the kind of job where like she works for an employer and like she kind of has to do what is asked of her. Whereas Mm -hmm. like I've sort of always been in positions where like being myself was what was asked of me. Amazing. Which is like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But now, you know, I I used to have like one outlet to do that. and now I have like so many. So it's actually like, you know, even though I'm not making as much money as I used to, or even though I'm not like accomplishing necessarily everything I wanted to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, you know, every time I have a crazy idea, there's always someone who's like, you know what? That's not that crazy. Let's right. talk about it. Let's try to make that happen. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that you have so many different endeavors, like the, the rapping, the, the sommelier, yeah. the, the writing. Like that's, does that keep you more creative, do you think? Like because you have all these different outlets? Uh, I mean, like a lot of the times I wish that I could just like, I, I feel so drained because like, right. I'm always like yeah. thinking about stuff right. and and everything sort of like connects in a weird way. Um, so I never really get to like give my brain a break. Mm. Uh, sorry, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter what the question is. The focus is you're tired because you're so creative. (laughs) But I totally get that. But I don't even feel that creative though, because it's just like everything sort of feels natural and everything fits Mm. in together. You know, like right right now I'm recording with you guys and then I'm going to a recording session and then I'm going home to write an article Right, and I'm going to keep making bread, you know, and it's just (laughs) like on a day's work. And then that's all stuff that like helps me do 
all the other things like i get right. to have enough free time to make bread because yeah yeah know, yeah. I, yeah god good at writing articles well that's it it yeah. becomes kind of holistic right like yeah. you, the the way to it's like i think to find that balance between making what you want and making what other people want is to like do it in a way that's holistic it's to it's to make that your whole process has to be everything you're doing is kind of benefiting everything else you're doing Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. Right. And even if that's just on a sort of like meditative level where you're like, you know, the thing you're writing isn't necessarily going to make your bread, bread, your bread, 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 or bread. Your bread is not going to be improved by the thing that you're writing necessarily. Um, But you know, you can, you can think about your like bread making process as your, starting to write right and you mm-hmm. can kind of think about like okay well like you know when you're making bread that takes time right there's yeah. a lot of time there's a lot of technique there's a lot of like measuring things out and you can apply that to the writing as well right so that when you're practicing your bread making skills but in the back of your mind you're going shit i really need to be writing you can kind of calm that voice a little bit by reminding yourself that like this will help me with my writing in a way. Yeah. yeah. And also get like most of my ideas while I'm cooking. Right. You know, or while I'm, I always get an idea for like another thing while I'm doing something else. So right. like I started, write, I started rapping when I was still working in kitchens. Cause like, you know, you, of course you have to talk to your coworkers, but like yeah. you're mostly like <laughs> very focused. Right. And, but so like I'd be making something with chicken and then I'd be like, oh, maybe I could, like, have that rhyme with that. And then, <laughs> right. you know, I'd, like, write yeah. it down on my phone and then, like, try to expand on that. Um, and I sort of do that with, like, everything now. You yeah. know, like, now that most of my time is spent writing, I write and then I'm like, oh, wait, there's this thing. Like, has anyone ever written about this? Or yeah. has, everyone, has anyone ever, like, sampled that song? Or so. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely relate to the draining aspect of that because, like, I work uh, as the education director at the improv theater. I teach... I coach. I uh, I also do art a little bit, a lot less. But like, and that the role of education director at the theater uh, bleeds into a lot of the other roles at the theater. Mm-hmm. So like, everything that's happening, it's like triggering something in my mind of like, oh wait, this, this, this. So mm-hmm. that and and even when I'm trying to relax, I'm thinking about like, oh, this could be a new exercise, or this could be a new sketch, or this could be. And as much as it's like a fun thing that like your brain is always on in that way it's really exhausting yeah. to not t- like I was dancing in my kitchen a couple nights ago and realized that because I, I I worked real hard this past week so I got a lot of shit done so I think that that's why my brain was allowing me to just be like hey you're actually just dancing right now but of course I was I was then analyzing that moment but you know like ha- having those times where you're really just in the moment for that thing mm. rather than stretching because I f- sometimes feel like there's strings all over me and they're constantly like pulling outward with yeah. every little mm. thing that I'm thinking about and interested in like right. even if it's a, a good I'm interested I'm passionate about this thing it's a lot of you know we're only one person yeah. and that that can be mm-hmm. that can be a lot and then, yeah. but so I, I think we all feel the same way about that. Uh, so, how do you guys sort of manage that? And are you able to, um, are you ever able to like turn that off? And just like, relax? I feel like I've, I feel like I got to where I am because like I'm constantly doing something. Sure. But that's gotten to the point where like I can't watch 
I can't just like watch TV anymore. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to I get like that. Yeah. watch TV and be writing, or I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing crosswords or whatever. Right. But just like the fact that my, like my brain will not allow me to just like sit down mm. and enjoy movies. Yeah. Two things have helped me. Mm. Uh, getting <laughs> the vagueness. Of, like, anyways, I was uh, getting services where people care for you. So mm. like yesterday, mm. I got a massage. So that's oh. like I can. I can just, it took me about 20 minutes to 30 minutes of the massage to disconnect. Mm. Um, but then when she started massaging my head, I was like, uh, this is all <laughs> this is right now. So like you're, you're instead of saying like, I'm going to take time for me, mm. but then being responsible for that, which is hard because our minds are always on mm-hmm. like uh, paying someone to like, whether it's a therapy session, whether it's a massage, whether it's like um, a class, uh, like an aer- aerobics class or a hip hop class or something where you go, where you just have to follow somebody else's lead mm. that I found very, very helpful. Um, and another thing with regards to my art is um, a, the Buddha board, which is like a, a canvas that you paint with water on. Okay. So it just disappears. Um, uh-huh. you, you, so and that's something that's been very helpful for me because I'm so self-critical. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday, uh, no, there was the, the, the day before I just sat and like sort of automatic thought in the, the drawing process of like, um, okay, draw a shoe, drawing a shoe, draw a giraffe, draw a giraffe. And it just like keeps disappearing. So there's not that like material uh-huh. connection. There's not that judgment. There's not like, what could I do with this? It's gone. <laughs> so doing things that um, sort of evaporate whilst yeah. you're doing it can uh, be- Like food. Right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I'll never forget and you know like even to this day i'm still like no it has to be so much more than that mm-hmm. but um fred from from joe beef uh told me like very early on in my career like just remember people are going to be shitting out that food the next morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love like, that yeah, like it, it is just food but yeah. it, it has to be so much more than that yeah yeah but you know it's it's uh you know, it's well, very it's ephemeral. Just, like, well, that's you, it. It's not necessarily know. taking away the importance of the moment. It's just mm-hmm. saying like this moment is not everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. it's not you don't have to manage its existence. It right. just is. And then you you move on, yeah. which is not something that we have a lot of access to. No. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I find for me the um, the two things that kind of like that I've been finding are helpful for sort of finding some rest time, I guess. Uh, I guess three things. I I do find, like, some cooking can be really, like, meditative for me. Mm-hmm. I recently got back into deep frying. So I've been, like, deep frying stuff, and I, I try to, like, make time to do that once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, that's that's a process that's, like, you can't be distracted by other things when you're doing it because you might burn yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so do dangerous <laughs> things to stay in the moment. Well, that's it, because a lot of the time when I'm cooking, I'm also, like, listening to a podcast, or I'm, like, yeah. on my phone. Like, you know, if you're making pasta, like, from a box, you can kind of, you know, stand at the stove and stir and, like, be on Twitter, right? But if you're deep frying something, especially as a high-anxiety person who doesn't, like, want to fuck something up, if I'm deep frying, I'm like, okay putting the thing through the through the dredge and the batter and everything putting it in the 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 pot to fry and then immediately preparing the next one yeah, so that I can yeah. have it ready to throw in when the when mm-hmm. the first one is done and that's such a like assembly order process and like the sound of it is really like satisfying yeah uh, 
and then the end product is really good. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that because yeah, uh, doing activities that require all your attention. Yeah. Is is like I went go karting recently, mm. and oh. by and it was just so invigorating, and I haven't done it in years, and I only did it once before, and I hated it because I was so slow and everybody hated me. But this time it went really well. Right. <laughs> um, and it was so amazing to like if you don't focus you're going to miss the turn. You're going right. to slam into something. Like you have to dedicate your attention to that. Right. And I think that, that that process of like, I have to focus on this and my, my body is moving and my mind and body are in mm. sync to make this happen. Then when you come out of it, it's like a, Whoa, you yeah, know, because yeah. it was so good to focus on one thing. Because my God, watching TV has changed so much for me. Yeah. It sucks. I'm always yeah. like, gotta gotta be answering emails or gotta draw or gotta you know. And yeah. I get bored. I get bored with shit so fast. Yeah, and I, like that's why my my girlfriend and I argue a lot because like she has the kind of job where like she has to be very precise mm-hmm. all day. You know, like she um, does hair coloring. Like at okay. a very high end salon, right. and like for uh, you know, like photo shoots or like mm. movie shoots or whatever. So like details are super important. Yeah, yeah. And so all day she's like over a head of hair and like making things very precisely. Whereas I'm like, today I want to write about lobsters. So I'm going to write about <laughs> lobsters, and then I'll you know I'll make lunch, and then so yeah. So at the end of the day, like she comes home, and you know, watching TV for her is like therapy like she doesn't right. want to be on her phone she yeah, doesn't want yeah. to do anything she just wants to like sit down and mm-hmm. smoke a joint and watch TV right. and I'm like no we have to do this we have to do that right. blah, blah. Yeah. so yeah or yeah. sharing your millions of ideas I yeah. do that a lot like because I'm, I'm <laughs> constantly thinking in my head and I noticed that recently it's a behavior I now I'm aware of and I'm going to change, try to change, is that when I'm stressed it happens more that it's like going 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 and then I'll just blurt out like part of the conversation that was happening in my head and expect mm-hmm. my partner to engage in what I've just said. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not on the same page here. Like he's disconnected. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. into something he's not aware of, you know, trying to match those things. So yeah. Teffer and I had a moment like that last night where she was thinking about something that she thought was funny and was going to say to me. And I was thinking about something completely under, I was thinking about a pizza and I was thinking, and I like of chuckled. Of course you were. I, I chuckled at this pizza. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly pizza. What was actually. special about this? Yeah. Oh, tell us about this pizza. Yeah. I was actually thinking about a conversation I had had with my friend Will about, um, like, uh, I guess you could call it like an appetizer box. You know, like like fast food places will sometimes pizza pizza does this, where you can order a box that is like it's a pizza box with a divider in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. like chicken wings and like chicken nuggets I guess and then like you know onion rings and deep fried pickles or something right and we were talking about like you know how that's kind of great Um, (laughs) and I just I just had this like passing thought about like oh fuck yeah those are great (laughs) haha because we had ordered one last night after I had this conversation and I was thinking about how funny it was that a conversation I had with him made me then order food (laughs) and it was just a passing stupid little like huh yeah and Teffer was like, how did you just read my mind? Because <laughs> <laughs> she was thinking of something funny. <laughs> and it, it, like the 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 blurting out things that are like half-formed thoughts in your head is so relatable. <laughs> oh, my God. 
And it's so like it's so I, I have to be, like it's probably still going to happen because it's it often comes out of yeah. just being very sure. stressed. Yeah. But it's like not expecting the other person to just jump on. Right. You know, my mom grasshoppers so much in conversations and it's so infuri- <laughs> infuriating. So it's just like okay, if you want to, if you blurt something out, follow it up with what the fuck you're talking right. about, and then like, do you actually want them to engage, or is this just you needing to? you know, share this thing in the right. moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the, um, the other sort of like relaxing or like kind of taking me out of my constant need to be productive like thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do a lot of walks. I try to take Toby for a walk at least once a day, you know, throw him in the stroller. He naps really well in the stroller too. So awesome. it's like, it works, but I'll like, you know, throw Toby in the stroller. Maybe I'll run some errands, but a lot of it is just going for a walk. Uh-huh. And if, if it's, when the weather's good, those walks can be like two or three hours. But when the weather's bad, it's like usually to the store and back. But I find that's time where I'm like, even if I'm like plugged in and listening to something, the physical action yeah. is yeah. so helpful for me because most of the rest of the time, like everything I do is like sitting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Except it's for such cooking. a huge part of it. Yeah. 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 Like I go to the market almost every day to, right. to make dinner. Um, oh, that's and that's that's usually like the only time I spend outside of the house right. from like Monday to Wednesday. Yeah, because I mean, also I have to like prepare myself mentally for like a weekend of serving people in a restaurant. Yeah, uh, which is also very draining. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It's probably like an equal parts preparing for the next weekend and recovering from the previous weekend, right? Actually, it's so weird. Since I started working there, I've been drinking a lot less wine. Okay. Like drastically. Less. Oh, I don't even mean like recovering um, booze wise. I mean recovering from the oh, social. Mentally. Like, yeah. yeah. How? What? 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 Sh- what shifted for the less drinking? I don't know. I mean, just like uh, it just wasn't part of my routine anymore. Right. Right. You know, right. I mean, because also like I started working there and a bunch of stuff happened. You know, like I lost my job and then I moved mm-hmm. and like a bunch of stuff happened all at once. So I just. Didn't really have the time. But before when I lived in St. Henry, I was like at Lake Erlina like every single night drinking right. wine. And now, you know, I still drink a lot, but sure. uh, not as much wine hmm. and not as much alcohol in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes enough. sense that the routine changes then yeah. the things that you're going to access. Yeah. Change. Yeah, that's it. My my last recommendation for like f- a way to sort of unplug, if especially if you're the kind of person who like – likes to do things while you're watching tv you know like you get distracted and you're like okay i've got to think about this i find <laughs> this is interesting um by giving myself tv to watch that is like kind of dumb and repetitive i feel like i have permission while i'm watching that stuff to kind of like fuck around on my phone yeah. and then i'm more prepared to kind of like unplug and pay attention to the things that i'm actually interested in later so like we've been watching the marvelous mrs Maisel pretty gradually and that's fucking great that's a very good show and i don't want to miss it when i'm watching it so i try not to look at my phone but i'm so used to looking at my phone while i watch things that a lot of the rest of the time if i'm watching stuff now i try to like watch things where i won't feel too bad about it if i miss it so i watch a lot of like you know diners drive-ins and dives and like (laughs) even like jeopardy i find really like like Jeopardy is really like soothing in an interesting way, but like, I don't feel like I need to be super invested in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And I think by like consuming a couple different types of TV, Mm -hmm. I'm like giving myself permission in one to sort of like not take it too seriously and to kind of like half pay attention to it so that in the other, 
I'm like, okay, like I can watch TV for the next hour without looking at my phone. Cause I like, yeah. there's just sort of a mental shift there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're good though. Cause like, I can't even do <laughs> Like I watched, I'm, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Sure. Um, but like I watched season one to five essentially in like a week while also finishing a video game. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> and like I still like yeah, remembered yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, but yeah. Well, that's I it. Know. Like I I do, I used to do that. I just it's a lot harder to play video games when you have a baby because he like wants yeah. to grab. <laughs> like, you, just, you, can't, you can't. You can't. I can't play Switch. Toby's just like yeah. I want that. And when I say no, he's like you're the Why? worst father. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Great. But uh, yeah, no. That was that was how I got through life. Like even as a kid, I would watch TV while playing Game Boy and doing my homework. Yeah. All three at the same time, and I would get everything done. Yeah. Oh shit! No, I can't do that. Well, <laughs> like I'm incredibly yeah. distracted. So as soon as like I can I can work with Hotline Miami soundtracks on and stuff like that, but <laughs> I can't if there <laughs> I get too involved in the other thing right. as well. Um. So like for TV, I try to watch shows that I know I'll be engaged in. Like. I'm watching you at the moment, which is uh, very, mm-hmm. very good. Um, and it's like that thrilling aspect. And like last night we got home from the massages and stuff and it was about nine o'clock. I was like, you want to watch, you want to watch Get Out? I feel like I won't fall asleep. I feel, I, I swear I won't fall asleep. <laughs> and he's been resisting it because he, he, I think he's a little bit scared of it. Um, and it's just like, I want to, I want to watch a thing that will like engage me to that level mm-hmm. where, and I can't, can't really find a lot of those things anymore. I think Parasite did that for me. Oh, okay. Parasite's great. You were able to just like, oh, I've heard so many good things about it. Like I tried. I picked up my phone and I was like, let's start this crossword. You know what? No, I will watch all (laughs) of this. But then I went to the, what's the last movie I went to see at the theater? I think I went to see like Joker or whatever. Sure. And I was like, this is good, but I really (laughs) wish I could be like doing something on my phone while watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's become my sort of, gauge of is this good content right. <laughs> like is it something that will really good content for me i right, can't yeah, i can't yeah. just generalize in that way yeah. but well, like, i don't even know if that's what it, like i think it's just you know for me it's like a form of adhd that yeah. like i have where my brain is like you cannot just be sitting and enjoying right. anything you got to be doing something else at the same yeah. time yeah yeah for me it's very guilt based yeah i feel bad if i'm like resting at all yeah. and i have to like challenge that you know Right. I mean, I oh, think right, that, right. that's just being raised Christian, right? Like you can't, yeah. you, you don't get to have fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> no exactly. oh, but I think that, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense as well, because like I, I wasn't raised, raised Christian, but I have depression, which is very close. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that sense of like, I don't deserve this time to yeah. rest. That's why it's like so many people, and I've tried it a couple times in my life of like set a time where this is like, no work. This is mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. But then you're still like, but I should. And that it's that physical, like we without even there being thought attached to yeah. it, is that feeling of grab the phone, <laughs> grab the book, grab the, you know, and it's just like, oh. I've, Save the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 With my Trump addiction lately, I've been, uh, when I open the phone and, and, and start typing Trump, when I get to T-R-U, I'm like, you don't need this. No. And then I close it. <laughs> so that's been helping as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I get a lot of those now. A lot of the like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not putting energy into this. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really want to tell you how wrong you are, random person on Twitter, but <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. for your own mental well-being yeah. of like, yeah. no, I am not putting energy into this. All right, we're uh, we're getting rapidly close to the end of our show. 
but I'm having a lot of fun and I'm so annoyed about that. Um, <laughs> so before we wrap up, uh, we're going to do two rounds of our Munch Madness food bracket, best food of all time Ooh, there's no tournament. S- is there a sound effect or something? Uh, Twinkle. Tom. I know. I used this to have. This has been running for how many weeks now? Two? One? Oh, the food bracket. Yeah. Uh, this is week four. And for a second, no, I thought you meant the show. My air horn app stopped working and I didn't ever bother finding a new one. I don't know. Just add a, a twinkle or something. Yeah. I'll, uh, Munch madness. Twinkle. Yeah. I'll, in post, I'll, uh, hey, future Tom, take Kate's little twinkle from just now and throw it at the beginning there. Hop back a minute. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> so this is the part where we go to the food bracket. Um, I painstakingly took all the data from a bunch of poll answers that Amazing. people sent in uh foods that they like dishes that they've enjoyed or you know the best things they've ever eaten i got people to rank desserts and spices and and like meals and everything and then i tabulated and calculated how many times each individual food item was brought up overall uh, and i seeded the top 16 of them into a tournament bracket and some of the seeds have been pretty solid like cake versus ice cream and some of them have been kind of total fucking nonsense like uh all things that are kind of like sandwiches versus cheese Um, (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) today i think we have two that actually make a lot of sense Uh uh so um for our round seven uh here's how we're gonna do this i'm gonna tell you what they are and then we can chat a little about them. You'll each decide who you think wins. If there's a tie, I'll break the tie. Um, so our round seven in the bracket is between garlic and garlic accessories and chili peppers. Crushed, whole, paste, anything kind of chili pepper. Wait, what do you mean by garlic accessories? Why are we... Why are we well, like you know, you can get garlic, garlic powder. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. yeah. yeah garlic sauce i guess you know things that use garlic cool so like, garlic versus chilies i feel like billy should go first because my knowledge is so limited on these it would just be I from my gut I'm, well i mean the thing with like our choices today is that like i just want to take all of that and make something with it right. <laughs> um, like they all go so well together yeah um <laughs> no round eight spoilers hmm. <laughs> huh I mean, I'm going to have to go with garlic, right? Like, I'm, sure. I'm French. I don't really have a choice. <laughs> what do you prefer, Kate? You, have a, you, you are a picky here's, eater, right? I am a very picky eater. But here's the thing. I feel like garlic is the one that my mind is saying, go garlic, go. But then I'm like, chili peppers, do they add the, the, the sparkle to the meal that makes me go, ooh, you know? Hmm. I mean, my, my logic is that, like, I like thinking of a food uh, the same way I think about music where you have like your bass, your mids and your highs. And, you know, for me, garlic is like one of the great bases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then chilies will usually like come at the top. But then you have a lot of options for stuff to put at the top. But to have like a nice base. Yeah. I mean, like onions, garlic. Right. You know, he's right. Yeah. He's very right. Yeah. Garlic. That's that honestly like garlic. Interestingly, in the seeding, garlic is just above chili peppers. They are the eight and nine seeds, respectively. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. But I, I do think garlic is the clear winner here. Like for what you said, like you know, garlic there is basically no dish that I wouldn't like throw garlic yeah. down in the pan first and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, get to everything else. But sometimes you don't want things spicy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Garlic. 
Yeah. Garlic but I, but wins. I, I, I very much approve of chili peppers being right under garlic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I they're, think it makes they're sense. a beautiful thing. And I never, I had never really taken the time to like fully discover the, the world of, of chili peppers, but it's broad and beautiful. It is. Yeah. A big shout out to chili peppers. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Garlic. Garlic. Do, do, right. do, 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 do. Twinkle. And our round eight. Uh, is between, interestingly, the third seed, soups, stews, and like you know noodle bowl dishes of the like, uh, and the fourteenth seed. So just kind of barely making it in there. Fish. Hmm. How do we feel about fish soup can go versus itself. fish? <laughs> yeah, like I I, <laughs> I love fish, but I do realize that we eat way too much fish, and this isn't sustainable. So. Mm. Let's go. Uh, let's go with soup and, and stews. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured. Like soup is like honestly, like no one doesn't like soup. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like fish. Yeah, it's kind of soup doesn't know. have stupid ass ribs that poke you in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. You're not eating adventurous enough soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think for me, like what it comes down to there is like. Soup is so all-encompassing, mm-hmm. but fish is such a, like... Like, yeah, there's a lot of variety within fish, but, like, there's not that much variety within fish. Like, you... If you uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know shit, and I know there's a lot of fish. I'm not counting, like, seafood. I'm talking just No, even fish. just yeah. fish, yeah, no. But no, 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 because here it says soups, but if we're doing soup and stews, yeah. then it should be fish and shellfish. And okay. I still, I still oh, pick oh, soup. Oh. Okay, I still pick soup. Yeah, fair but, enough. But um, I mean, like, we don't really need to eat animals. Yeah, so. yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Also, fish are are furthest away from us, so we don't need to care for them. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> let me, let me, let me add to that. The further a species, <laughs> she said, "Fuck fish." <laughs> I said, "Fuck That's fish." That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, because yeah, the further away it is from from your structure, your human, your your like biological structure, right. the less you'll have an emotional attachment to it. Oh, sure. So they don't have arms and legs and shit, and they're mm. under the sea and stuff like that. So we tend to feel less like they have mm. an importance to us. It's like mm-hmm. a disconnection, like. Lizards. That's why we're more, more connected to mammals because we relate to a lot of the yeah. things that mammals experience. Right. So there may be some of that also that I'm just like I'm seeing these stupid ass fish swimming around in my head, and I'm like, no, I want a carrot soup. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> there's also like I think for me a large element of it is like when soup is imposed on you, it's like oh soup, lovely. When fish is imposed on you, it's like an imposition you know yeah. like if you mm-hmm. walk if you walk past a house and it smells like fish you're like oh, the fuck but if you walk past a house and it smells like soup a hundred percent of the time yeah. you're gonna walk by and be like oh someone's making soup tonight yeah yeah although i have been because of my <laughs> Im- immense pickiness i have been very disappointed with very many soups oh sure really? but uh, well yeah because i'm terrible with textures and someone uh. who's just given me like a a chicken soup that has like all kinds of bits in it and skin floating around and I'm just like Bleh! and there's like the, but the flavors oh, and it's like yeah of so course so good no exactly exactly <laughs> like but the description like, that made it disgusting to you is exactly it, <laughs> what I look for in a soup yes yes exactly I, I I'm very aware that I don't I don't support those soups well, but fine. listen we we enjoy what we enjoy exactly yeah exactly yeah cool well congrats to garlic and soup 
Uh, sorry, you get to live another, another day, garlic. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun because that that means we are done our uh, episode. Well, our episode, but also, would you call that the sixteenth finals if it's not the corner finals yet? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, it brings us to our quarterfinal rounds, which means uh, our quarterfinalists are cake, garlic, pies, etc., chicken, pasta basil soup and sandwiches etc jesus christ what hap- what happens what who wins what um i think like whatever ends up being the winner i'll like make some food that night and we i the like it <laughs> the, the winner gets eaten everyone else lives another Yay! day and that's how it should be in the world right Oh. <laughs> well, that, that brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah, thanks for that nice depressing note of big fish Big fish gets everything. If you like this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Like we said earlier, it helps us make the show even better. We also have merch, so if you want to support us by uh, wearing our logo or you know any of the other merch that we have, you can get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends at Tee Public. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or by sharing this episode with a friend. And you can follow us on the socials at Down With Talking and like our page on facebook anyone got anything to plug bearing in mind this comes out on the 17th uh 17th of march of march yes yeah, of course uh, <laughs> <laughs> july uh fucking uh, sept- uh fucking fuck i'm sorry i, I just agree. lost all content of mind <laughs> Woo! sunday march 22nd at 1 p.m at montreal improv there is a free drop-in come on down uh have some fun from 1 to 2 30 learn about improv push your boundaries and make some friends Sweet. Amazing. Uh, no, I wish I had something to plug. No, cool. nothing. Fair enough. Uh, well, we can find you on Twitter at Billy F. Chef. Yes, and, same for uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and, and all of those. Sweet. Oh, Billy F. Chef, baby. So great when the tag name is the same everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And Very like helpful. I considered changing it a number of times and I'm like, oh, that'll be so complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, rock it. Cool. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to plug either, so uh, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all the music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. This show was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. Thank you so much for being here, Billy. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Fun it's times. always uh, it's always fun to come and chat with you guys. Yeah. Yay. And we'll uh, we'll be back in your ears next week for uh, Adrian's last episode with us before <gasps> she moves back to Chicago. So um, sad face. Send good vibes. <laughs> so we don't cry for the whole. Hour. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's come to see you. Well, I say now, Benson, Jack, Benson, Joe. Benson, Jack, Benson, Jack, do 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 Benson, Jack, Benson, do 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 Benson, Jack. Dragons. Canada. The multiverse theory. Corgis. Queer representation. Reconciliation. Angels. Demons. Squirrels. Moose. Moose and squirrels. Sorcerers. Dinosaurs. Forests. Giants. Rogues. Warlocks. Plains. Sewers. Lavender. Natural Toonie. A Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right here on the Upford Network. I'm Teffer. I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. And we are the Yeah Podcast. 
Join us as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA Lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah!